Yeah, so that's, yeah, so that's three. That was, it was uh, three. Two, you got... two. No, no, oh, is connections it two? and learning. Yeah, connections oh, okay. and learning. Yeah, no. right? I can the count, The third one... Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of The Cloud Whispers. This is David Broussard. And I am Brian Cheatham. And we are back yet again. Brian, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm thawed out here in uh, Texas. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's amazing think... how the, the weather shifts uh, within two days. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's been a couple of weeks since the snowpocalypse down weeks. here. But it is in the 70s now down in down in Texas. In fact, it was in Amazing. the 70s a few days after we were, you know, 104 hours under uh, 100, 104 hours under freezing. So, but yeah. we'll we'll talk about that later. I think um, yeah. uh, when we get to that. So, Brian, what have you been up to lately? Uh, you know, other than freezing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that too. That too. I've actually been. Um, you know, we're working some migrations with customers and, um, you know, I'm doing some subcontracting work through, uh, through Quest software. And a lot of these migrations that are coming across, you know, my desk are mm -hmm. really tenant to tenant in nature, right? So Office 365 yep. tenant, Office 365 tenant. So you really get your main workloads, your exchange, you know, your um, OneDrive, um, you've got, uh you know, SharePoint sites, you've got Microsoft Teams, mm -hmm. and it's really kind of the limit of what these migration tools do. But uh, what is really kind of coming about is the feature set with the migration of a Microsoft team. Yep. Uh, right. Because how many different areas do we have to reach down into to grab that data? Right. We get the chat service. Yep. You know, we've got a shared mailbox in Exchange. Yeah, we've got a, you know, a SharePoint site, site collection. collection. Yeah, yeah, we got a site collection, and there's all kinds of information buried in there. And, and in then theory, got, the mail in theory, the mailbox and the site collection should be easy to do. We got lots of tools to migrate mail and to migrate SharePoint, exactly. but that chat service is a bit of a hassle still. It is, yeah, it is, and and I mean they had to create that chat service separately just for the the performance of, uh, uh, you know, of Teams and uh, mm -hmm. the interface itself. Uh, so. Um, that's really what you have to reach down into when you're grabbing the conversation history or the chat history within a channel, what I like to call channel chats. So yep. these tools are able to go in and do that now. They can reach down and, and render HTML within the, uh, you know, within the conversation or the post section Right. of that Microsoft Teams channel. So that's how these tools work, right? I mean, they, we can't impersonate the user um, with the migration yeah. account. So what in, ends up happening, right, is the migration account shows up as the one who created the chat. And then the HTML has all the details around when it was. and Which, so, is, so. which is better than nothing. Better than nothing. Better than but nothing. it's yeah. still not quite what you would want um, right. out, out of this. Exactly. Uh, and, and so that that handles the channel messages. But the the the, the problem I've run into is that the one on one chats, um, yep. you know, if, if you use Microsoft's migration tool that moves the mailboxes over, then 
Um, my understanding is it'll move over all of the Teams conversations from the hidden folder they're in to the hidden folder they're in, but it won't link them yeah. to the the the, ch the the chats, right? So yeah. they're there for e-discovery purposes, but they're not there for anybody to be able to go look at them. So you've yeah. you've quote unquote lost the business value of all of those things. Yeah, and that's um, exactly why you have e-discovery, or I'm sorry, that hidden mailbox. It's for e-discovery purposes. Right. That way it's not having a query of the chat service or you have somewhere to store the data that's a part of that overall retention mechanism, um, yeah. which is an exchange hidden folder. And that's that's exactly how, you know, messages are, are retained uh, whenever yeah. we set, you know, litigation hold and those sort of things, yeah. retention policies and whatnot. Yeah, so the, the direct chats, um, you know, there, there's lots of tools out there that do different things. Mm -hmm. Um you know, BitTitan, for example, they will take and migrate that into like a conversation history type of folder in the Exchange mailbox. So you can go back and look at the history there, or you have a way to search that. Um, but it doesn't show up in Teams. Right. Right. So what Quest, the Quest on-demand migration product is doing, it's called ODM for short, Quest ODM, mm -hmm. is they are creating a group chat adding the users that were involved in that. So if it's just between you, you and another person, it's adding you and that other user to that right. group chat and the migration account. So it has the, the ability to, to render all of the, the HTML and everything under mm, there because okay. you still can't impersonate. I mean, so you create the group chat <laughs> and then you go in and you remove the, the um, you know, the migration account from that uh, group conversation. When, once it's done migrating everything once over. it's done migrating oh that's yeah. not so, too bad it's it's not that bad it's just it's it just means well, that all really, the stuff that that used to be a one-on-one -on -one chat now becomes a group chat and it's it, you're going to lose the time stamps of everything that's but, correct but just like with the chat migrations you'll see it in the post so so yeah it's it, it's kind of a a, a a kludgy solution but it's still better than i mean than, than a lot of the other ones uh, where, yeah, I've, I've got it sitting in, I've got a folder that I can go find it, but it's really not, yeah. it's not quite the same thing. So, yeah. So yeah, we're I mean, making think, some progress. Yeah. It, it, we are making progress. You know, it's just at the, at the end of the day, what, what I've always had to tell people about these migrations is, you know, you know expect some bumps in the road on the end user experience. You can't mm -hmm. expect in any of these migrations to have a pristine end user experience once the migration's done. I mean, it's just, it's not possible. Yeah. Um, so they're, everybody in that group chat is going to get a notification. Yeah. Because you're creating, you're going in a group to chat, the yeah. API and you're creating a group chat. Um, mm. So it's a, uh, how, it, how, um, how is Quest pricing that? Is it a per user uh, for the migration or per mailbox or something like that? I think it comes with the uh, when you buy the Teams migration module, it comes with okay. that. So I mean, it does, okay. it does all the it migrates all the Teams and it does all that sort of thing. Um, you know, I I'd, I'd like to see it. It gets a little bit confusing for end users and all that. And I'd like to see it uh, do some more things around blocking and hiding Teams and all that, mm -hmm. because really, you think about it, you get kind of almost in a split brain type of scenario with the team when you're in the middle of the migration, when you have members on both sides. Yep. Uh, so we've been creative with conditional access and those sort of things to kind of control that. Um, but I'd like to see the migration tools do, do something a little bit different, you know, and, you know, we had Rich Dean on uh, here recently and we were talking about 
some of the ways that they've done that in the past. And, you know, him, him coming from binary tree and where he was and what that product did and bringing those ideas to the table, you know, he was heavily involved in this, yeah. uh, you know, the architecture of this, um, you know, this, uh, direct chat migration feature. So, mm-hmm. um, it's been really good having somebody like him, you know, that I can ping and all that. So shout out to, to Rich Dean, uh, <laughs> uh, <if> he's <laughs> well, listening yep. to this podcast that, you know, to, uh, to share that information and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, that's stuff, what man. I've been up to. Man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's good a, stuff. it's a, something that we are going to have to deal with and, and hopefully Microsoft is going to, uh, come up with a, a better API for migration. of. Uh, oh teams. goodness. I certainly hope so. Yeah, because it doesn't stop there. I mean, you got Power BI, you've got Power Apps, you've got uh, Planner, you've got Flow, you've got, Flow, yeah, you've mean, got Forms, you've got yeah. um, Sway, you've got Stream. There's another one that that that's not migrating over, right? There's no yeah. migrate, no tool to migrate that stuff really. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a mess. Yep, it does. It gets kind of messy. Yeah. yeah so that's me, man. I mean, it's <laughs> I always have the, you know, the. I don't, I don't want to call them fun. You know, I don't really have the fun things or whatever, you know, you had that whole thing. You had that whole thing about digging up the, the, um, the, the, when you broke the fence and you broke your, uh, your, uh, your uh, irrigation did, system, or when you had to put I in, a, when, you, when, you, when you went, when you went wireless and you put in your digital antenna, man, those were fun. Yeah, well, yeah, they're fun. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're practical too, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at you and you look like you have a, a nice new tan and all of that, you know, so oh, I'm wondering, uh, oh. I'm wondering well, what you've been up to lately. Have you been vacationing? I don't know about, I don't know about tan necessarily, but, uh, or is it I like have, a red uh, light? yes, I, I have actually, uh, I've got some new lights that I got inside my office, uh, to kind of make my, to make my visual presence look a little bit nicer uh, what I've done is I, I'm, and I'm not done yet. I have some more stuff. I've got yeah. a, I've got a Londo Malari I want to mount on the wall behind me. But uh, I put up some shelves next to me that you can see, and on it's there that, I've got, I've got like uh, the ceramic tank that my wife did for me, and yeah. I've got all my tanks that my little collectible tanks I've got up on the top shelf, and I've got my dragons down here that that uh, were my Christmas presents for my daughter. Um, and and uh, one thing I noticed about them was they're they're nice, but they weren't well lit. And one of my coworkers, when he rebuilt his home office, he put some LED lights, uh, and I decided to get some LED lights to kind of mount. Uh, and they're just they're just adhesive, right? And these are designed yeah. to go behind your television set, um, and 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 the like. And so these are just adhesive, and I've mounted them inside of the wall. But what's cool about it is the ones I bought are uh, home automation ready, and so I can I can do this right here. I can say Alexa set my status lights to green. Okay. And you hey. heard her say, okay. And my lights have turned to green. Nice. And so I can, I can, and I've done that a couple of times on meetings. Usually I go on mute before I do it, but I figured for the podcast, I'd go ahead and, and share that. And so kind of my goal here is I've got, so I've got an external set of lights um, in my office as well. And yeah. I think I'm gonna get another pair of these and I'll mount them over there and link them together so I can just t- set the group via voice command, and then the both light sets can be changed in color, uh, as opposed to having to use the remote control that I have right now. And then I've got a lamp that's connected to the group as well, but I think I'm going to get a ring light to make the light a little bit more even. Uh, I've got a I've got a window right next to me, but so that my lighting is often pretty uneven. Whereas yours, you know, you know, you just look so you must have a window right in front of you because you just look so evenly lit. 
um, yeah, Brian. No, so there, there's a window. You're, well, you need you need to figure out how to integrate with the API, and whenever your team status goes, that's email. that's one of the things I'm thinking about doing as well, which is figure out a way to use use Flow or something that whenever yeah. I have a meeting, it sends the signal to Alexa to go ahead and make the change. Right? Yeah. But we'll have to. I'll have to think. I have to look at that because it's probably re- would require. Um, I might have to do it with if this then that, or I might have to do it with. Um, uh, a, a REST API call, which would require a premium license. And then I've got to see if I can, if I can yeah. piggyback on the one we've already got at catapult and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but still it's, power, power it's, script or it's, something that's, it's kind of cool, but you're right. It would be nice to have it all integrated so that yeah. it would make the changes automatically. Um, but then I don't get the fun of, you know, telling, uh, you know, telling her to change my lights and stuff yeah. like that. My wife thinks that I do it way too much. And she's just, she laughs at me. She says, <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll walk out and, and tell her, you know, turn off the lights in the family room and all the lights will go off. And she's just like, oh, I can't believe you're so lazy. You can't just go turn the lights on. And I'm like, it's not that. I mean, the the the, the switches for these things are not exactly easily accessible, you know. And so yeah. automating is the, that's the whole purpose behind it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So there There's we go. That's, that that's what I've been There's up to. There's always that light in the house, right, that's on. And you're like, why is this light on? It's like, yep. it's a... It's a, it's a, I think it's a, uh, it's the downstairs closet under our, <laughs> under our stairs. It's always on. Well, it's like, why is this light always on? My, my yeah. buddy installed the Phillips automation hub and then they've oh, installed, yeah. and then they've installed Phillips, uh, light bulbs all over the place. And so they can control everything from their smartphones. Yeah. And, and I'm like, that's, and that's pretty good. You know, it's like they can sit there and they can, they can turn off the kids lights uh, when the kids have gone to sleep without having to get up from bed or or whatever, but um, it is it. There's some cool aspects of that, but um, you know, there's also like I discovered like when we were having the uh, power outages, right? This thing, I, I kept losing the connection to Alexa, um, and so I had to wait till the power outages stopped before I unplugged everything, and then waited a few minutes and plugged it back yeah. in and rehooked everything up again and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah. You, you you have a light. I have a door. <laughs> yeah. I think I would. I think I would like to have the door. To be honest with you. <laughs> That's great. All right. So what are we going to talk about today, Brian? So you know, I I love picking your you know productivity brain. Um, <laughs> Because uh, you you know you're you're in this stuff and presenting to customers sounds, all the time. Sounds painful to me, you know. <laughs> it sounds it sounds painful. Yeah, <laughs> I'm doing migrations all the time. You're doing productivity work and yeah, yeah. So I mean, I've been reading up on uh, Microsoft Viva and yes, the the new announcement. Yeah, and and it's pretty intriguing stuff. You know, I mean, it's it's. It, it seems like something or whatever that's going to help kind of pull all of this stuff together. I remember a visual that I saw one time, and it's probably still out there, right? It it, it had a three prong, you know, it was like a it was like a diagram that had three different, you know, three, it was like a pie chart, and it said when to use Teams, when to use Yammer, and when to use this, right? So it just from a, from an, even the style, from it was, our it was the styles of communications. Yeah. And so for yeah. ubiquitous targeted communication, it's email because that's the stuff that point to point siloed communication. And then there was inner loop and outer loop communication. Inner loop is the people that you work with all the time. And right. outer loop are the people that you don't work with that are in your organization and you don't even realize necessarily what it is they do. And so inner loop is really teams. It's the people that you're working on projects with. 
right? And, and, and what's great about it is those conversations can be super informal. I mean, I can, I can sit there and say, hey, Brian, did you do that thing? And I could literally say, did you do that thing? And you know what I'm talking about because contextually, we've all, we already know what that thing is, right? Yeah. Um, whereas an outer loop communication is a little bit, a little bit less, a little bit more, in, a more formal because I may want to find somebody that knows how to handle a certain migration style or does somebody have a document that is a template I can use for a deliverable yeah. or does somebody know how to solve this business problem, right? I don't know who the person is, and so I've got to I've got to cast my net wide, and that's where Yammer and SharePoint really become very powerful. Yeah. Um, but yes, that is, and so Viva, right, is um, is really designing what Microsoft is really designing this to be is as an engagement portal, and so one of the things that Microsoft has recognized is, um, and we've known this for a long time, right, um, that that employee engagement drives retention and productivity. Okay. And yep. so if you can keep the same people at your job, then they are more productive. And 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 anybody who's you know been around, you know what it's like when you change jobs and you go to a new job, those first few months you're spending learning. Yeah. Well, I might be the the, the you know, you so might you be the best the migration person. Well, you might be the best migration person in the world, but you don't know how this new company does migration. Right. Where are the templates? Where are the presentations? Where do we, you know, how do I request a tool? How do I request travel? How do I get reimbursements? All those things that you've got to learn that are part of the culture, right? And you haven't developed that inner loop of communications yet, have you? You don't know who you're who, who to go talk to because you you know you don't know who out there has skills. So almost everything is an outer loop communication. So what employee engagement is about is saying, how do I make it so my employees feel that they're more part of the company? Because when that person feels like they're part of the company, they're less likely to leave. And you know, especially yeah. in a work from home environment, which guess what is probably going to become the new norm. Right. As, as organizations sure. realize, yeah. there's no reason for me and you to go into an office building someplace. So why should they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars a year on rent for commercial property? Right. When they can just let us work from our houses. Right. Right. Um, which is going to have ripples throughout the business landscape eventually. But for the most part, what happens, though, is I'm sitting here at home. I don't see my coworkers anymore right? Except yeah. inside of a Teams meeting. So how do we make it so that we feel like we're still part of an organization? And that's really what Microsoft Viva is about, is creating this employee experience that gives people a feeling that they're, they're part of the larger whole and make it easier for them to interact and be productive. So yeah, that, that sounds, you know, it, so it sounds very interesting to me. And, and I definitely need to 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 look into um, and, and maybe watch some videos on it and and yeah you know just kind of play around with it but I I guess what I'm trying to understand right is what are the different components of, of Microsoft Viva you know what sure you know, there's got to be different things that it that that <laughs> uh, you know it that it, it does right I mean it's got to have yeah. uh, well uh, it, you know, it is it is a lot of moving parts um, okay and so what Microsoft has done and some of this stuff by the way is stuff that Microsoft had either already been working on or has already put out there and they're kind of repackaging it together into this Viva concept, okay? And so okay. Viva is basically made up of four 
primary concepts. And I'll go from I'll start with the ones that that um, don't exist yet or haven't been released yet. And then we'll go to the ones that are a little bit more solid. Right. So one of the first things that Viva has is a thing called Viva Connections. And so Viva Connections, um, as I as I've seen from the Microsoft documentation and demos. Right. And you can, by the way, it's Ignite Week. You can watch you can go out and watch the sessions they have on it on uh, from Ignite. But Viva Connections is really about saying, hey, look, there's lots of content that's happening out in your Microsoft 365 tenant. Some of this is happening inside of Teams. Some of this is happening inside of Yammer. Some of this is happening inside of SharePoint. You know, there's lots of ways that we communicate those inner outer um, inner and outer loop communications, right? And what Viva Connections is designed to do is to try to make it easier for you to uh, get a curated feed of that content from across your organization. And so, okay. you know, this is we know we've done this before in SharePoint where we've said, hey, um, I don't want to take audiences of different people that are different locations or different job titles and and push content towards them inside of SharePoint. But imagine now and we and you can do that, by the way, you can already do that to a certain extent inside of Yammer. Right. You can follow yeah. hashtag topics and you can join certain groups. But what we haven't had is an overarching holistic solution that kind of covers the entire Microsoft 365 experience. And so that's really what Viva Connections is going to be designed to do. Um, and 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 if you, so if you think about it, that then kind of, as I see it, is going to kind of become either a component of your primary landing page or starting point for your intranet for an organization, right? Or at least a component of that, because I want people to be able to easily find communications and conversations across the organization. And as we're members of more Yammer groups, more teams, more SharePoint sites, this stuff is getting spread all over the place. It's harder to remember where this stuff came from. And that's kind of what Connections is going to be designed to do uh, and, and make it easier for people to find that content. Yeah, I, li I like the concept of the overarching and all of that. And, you know, it sounds a lot like, and we, we've talked about this before, right, that you still, you know, Microsoft's starting to use these concepts of, you know, AI and all of that um, and, and really use AI to pull all these things together. And and yep. I like the cultural as aspect of this because that's really what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, it's really making it, you know, a, your it's it's figuring out what your culture is as far as how you're interacting with inf information. That's kind of the way yeah. that I'm interpreting what 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 you're saying. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really like uh, the idea of that, and I like the way that you uh, explained the that there's not there really hasn't ever been a holistic view across everything. We have things that we can do in Yammer. We have things that we can do in Teams. We have things that we can do in SharePoint. Uh, you know, email and, 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 really, and all of that. Instead of right? trying to get everybody to do one tool, right? So a lot of times what happens is people try to say, I want you all to do this one tool, right? Yep. I want everybody to do, we're going to use Yammer and that's going to be our corporate enterprise social network. Or we yeah. want everybody in teams, right? And in there, I want you only in certain teams or I want everybody to use email. So instead of recognizing, or really it's recognizing that instead of trying to get everybody to communicate the same way, let people communicate the way they want to communicate and use technology to make it easier to pull that information together into a single feed. So 
Cool. Now, this is this is supposed to come out first half of 2021. So okay. we could probably expect it to drop on June 30th, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then there's and there's going to be mobile in the summer, right? Of 21, and then they're going to be adding more features, obviously, uh, the rest of the year and into next year. And so, and that's the way Microsoft's always going to be. They're going to be constantly improving these things. But we yeah. should see the first cut of this in the next few months. Now, when exactly, I don't necessarily know. So that's that's Viva Connections, right? Okay. Now, the next one is Viva Learning. Now, Viva Learning, I think you're going to love this one because I know you're doing your training courses, right? Yep. So Viva Learning is about creating a an easy way for people inside of your organization to develop the skills they need um, to develop their career and, and to be better employees and to learn what they need to learn. Now, to do that, you know, for example, you might as a company, you might hire a third party training company like, oh, I don't know, Pluralsight or Skillsoft or Mindsharp or something like that, right? Sure, well, yeah. those have all got tons of educational material that are out there. But what happens is you have to then go out to the Pluralsight website and you have to look for your look look for a, a course and find it, right? And to do that, now you're logging in with your corporate AD account, right? But you're having to leave the corporate network to go do that. Yeah, well, confusing. what if yeah. yeah, what if instead I could pull all that Pluralsight content directly into inside your network into Microsoft right. Teams, for example. So there's going to be an add-in for Microsoft Teams. There'll be one also probably for SharePoint where you can go to a site, right? And you'll be able to see all of the offerings from all of the providers, both internal and external. So you can develop wow. your own internal training sessions, right? And and feed them into uh, Viva Learning. You can go out there and use, you know, LinkedIn Learning, Pluralsight, whatever those ones that are out there, right? And you can see all of those different courses. And now you'll be able to look at that stuff and consume it from inside the corporate network without having to go someplace else, right? Yeah. And so it's not quite an LMS, right? Um, but What's going to happen is a lot of these organizations, as they develop videos and training material, instead of them having to develop their own website and spend a lot of time on that, they'll be able to instead develop a connector that they can plug right into um, Viva Learning, and then their entire course catalog can be exposed inside of an organization. And of yeah. course, you know, the organization is still going to pay you know, some kind of licensing fee to access it, whether it's by course or whether it's to access all of these courses, right? You're going to be able to go out there and see yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, you know, it sounds similar to like learning pathway. Well, I guess learning pathways would be something else that you may be able to plug into this as well, or right. maybe Viva Learning is going to uh, to yeah. eventually replace that. Viva um, Learning is, is kind of like a... Uh, um, so it's kind of like learning pathways on so many levels of steroids that it's not yeah. even that it's not it's it's almost like it's almost like you know the mutant version right uh, now now <laughs> the there's mutant, mutant super powered version of it right <laughs> so learning pathways is really great and if you haven't gone out and gone to lookbook.microsoft.com and added it to your your SharePoint site oh, so there's a bunch yeah. of yeah there's a bunch of really great Microsoft based training and Microsoft keeps that stuff up to date. Right. And it's 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 basic training about everything that Microsoft offers teams and, and word and and uh, uh, all these different things that you can learn about. Um, and, and 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 these the and you can build your own 
um, uh, pathways inside there, your own playlists of training inside of there. Viva Learning is really designed to take that up a notch by pulling in professional third-party solutions and yeah. making them searchable and visible inside your organization. But I'm pretty darn certain that in addition to LinkedIn Learning and all these other ones that are out there, you're going to be able to pull in that those internal ones as well so that as yeah. I go out and create internal training that I might have done in Learning Pathways before, or it could just be I've created – um, videos that I've that I've that I've recorded inside of Teams or recorded inside of Stream or recorded using PowerPoint or or um, Camtasia or something like that. Those yeah. I can take those videos and I can put those and feed them into Viva Learning as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty yeah. Cool. Now well, I don't that's I don't the have third a release, one. I don't have a release date on on Viva Learning. Right. Uh, they they have they haven't said when that's coming out yet. Um, so I don't know what the, you know, it, it, I don't know when that's actually going to get here, right? The other okay. Viva connection says first half of 21 Viva learning says, doesn't say anything, right? So my guess is we're looking more like the end of 21 before that stuff is actually going to come out. But then it. again, you never know. It might, it might drop yeah. tomorrow for all we know, yeah. right? That's the way Microsoft is. So that's in the meantime, them, right? in the meantime, set up the learning pathways stuff. I mean, it's, it's a no brainer. Pathways, yes. No brainer. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So that's three. That was, there was uh, three. Two, you got, two. No, no. Oh, connections and learning. Yeah. Connections oh, okay. and learning. Yeah, no. Right. I can the count. The third one. Yeah. The third one is, is uh, Viva insights. Now okay. Viva insights is out right now. Okay. And you already have this. Um, you just may not realize it. Okay. Um, and, and what this is, is if you have an E3 or an E5 license or a three or five license in, in the other areas, you're already getting Microsoft insights, which has now been, or, or just insights, which is now being rebranded to Viva insights. Okay. Now, what is, what, what are insights, right? So inside of Outlook, um, you may have noticed sometimes when you get a meeting invite that it will say, Hey, I found some emails that I think are related to this. Okay. Right. And inside yep. of Outlook, whether it's Outlook Web Access or Desktop, there's an insights button you can press that when you open it up, it's going to say, Hey, I found some emails you haven't responded to that that look like they're they're asking you to do some tasks. Um, I right. found some meetings that are out there, maybe places you're double booked. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, it also would say, you know, your, 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 your calendar starting to get pretty full. Let's, yeah. let's book some focus time. Right. Um, and, and so it looks for two hour blocks on your calendar that it can block off because two hours is kind of the magic time. If you can get two unencumbered hours, you can get really productive and get some work done. OK. And yeah. by blocking your calendar. Right. Then in theory, people won't schedule you for meetings now. There already existed an app inside of Teams that was called the Insights app, right? And so if you go onto your left rail and click on the ellipsis and then go out and, and say, hey, I want to go ahead and load in um, that particular app, right? There already was an Insights app that was out there. 
Um, and, and you can take that app and you can load it in and it will go ahead and, 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 and appear inside of there. Now, what will happen is when you load it, instead of it saying insights inside of the app, it now says Viva insights inside of the app. Okay. So it's really a rebranding of something that already exists. And by the way, this will at a deeper level will tie into the workplace analytics and ties yeah, into so the, the my the, analytics, right? The, the my analytics that you're yep. used to finding as well. That's yep. telling you who have you been talking to? Um, do, do, are you, are you working outside of hours? Those kinds of things. But the, the nice thing that, that the Viva Insights app does inside of uh, Teams is it will, it will give you a series of emails, right? Um, that look at your emails and say, Hey, have you responded to these things? And so like, I'm looking at mine right now and it's got, I've got an email from somebody. It happens to be a fundraising email from a politician. And it says, and, and it says, <laughs> you know, today you got this email called 2021 update and it, and, and it says they asked and it pulled out this line that says, will you update your 2021 status right now? Right. And so yeah. that appears to Viva, you know, to insights as, Hey, this, this is a, this is a request, right? Somebody is asking you to do something and you haven't done anything with this, right? And you can choose to mark that as done or just throw it away. Right. But that ability for you to go out and be able to see these insights. And I find it to be very useful when I realize that somebody's asked me to do something for them inside of where I work, but I've forgotten to, to get back to them because I'm a pretty busy guy. This is a great way to go back and, and kind of see that stuff. Yeah. Focus time and all that. Sort yeah. Of thing and then and it, like, it, it lets you, yeah, it lets you book your protected time, your focus time as well. Yep. So yeah. So very cool useful. Stuff. All right, so the last one is the one that I really like because it's really – if you remember back, we listened to a uh, – we, we had a session. We talked about Project Cortex, and we yep. talked about um, SharePoint Syntax, which is the first half of Project Cortex. And in that podcast, we actually mentioned, oh, yeah, there's another thing that's going to come where it's going to give us these topics, right? Well, that's Viva Topics. Now, Viva Topics is available today, but it also is – it's going to cost. It costs $5 per user per month. Okay? okay. Now you can get a trial license for it's either, it's either 30 or 60 days. I forget how much they give you. Um, and you can get for 25 licenses. You can go out and do the trial and set it up. And it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. I'm actually been writing a series of blog articles that kind of talk about how to set up Viva topics and go through the setup process. When you turn it on, what it does is it crawls all of the content excuse me, inside of the organization. Um, and then um, it looks for topics, keywords that are used again and again and again throughout your organization, right? Okay. Now, it's going to mine these automatically, these topics. Now, once it, once it finds a topic, you can then curate that topic. And that topic, can, when I say curation, it has a title, but you can give it synonyms. So as an example, I might have, um, you know, uh, Microsoft Viva Topics, but I could also call that Project Cortex, right? Um, or I could call it Viva Topics or just 
topics, right? So any one of those different synonyms would all be, if it finds that synonym, it says, aha, this is an example of this topic in use. And then I can have, I have a whole web page where I can define what is this topic. I can give, I can give it a publishing page with information about whatever that particular topic happens to be. I can then link in documents and links and other resources like videos that can, yeah. that can, that can be explanatory about the topic. And I can even identify individuals in my organization and it will suggest people as well um, that either based have on, those, you know, their, based on, yeah. on, on, on them putting things in their profile or them wow. editing and working on pages that, that talk about these topics, right? It can yeah. actually go ahead and suggest people, or you can go ahead and, and, and put people on there and say, you know, this page on migration tools, right? Brian would be a great person to have on this page, right? And yeah. so you can, you can, you can automatically add people. And then the last piece that's really neat is I can link topics together. So I could sit there and say, oh, you know what? Microsoft Viva Topics is really related to Microsoft Viva, which is then related to Viva Learning, Viva, in Viva Connections, Viva Insights, right? And so I've created a web of topics that you can actually view visually and navigate your way through. Um, and so that in and of itself, that would be awesome. But we're not quite done yet. What Microsoft then does, and this is the part I really like, is when I go to a web page, and this is where they've started is with web pages, okay? If I go to a web page that has any of the synonyms, which can also, by the way, be uh, acronyms, right? Um, okay. Or, or the, for the topic, right? So if I have an acronym that's called MVT for Microsoft Viva Topics, right? If I see MVT on a page, it's going to say, aha, that's an acronym for Microsoft Viva Topics, right? I'm going to put a link on top of this. So I'm going to denote it with a little colored box around it. And if you hover your mouse over, kind of like the autocorrect in, in Word, right? Yeah, especially, yeah. especially if you use Word online, right? It, instead of you, instead of giving you a red squiggly line underneath it, you can you kind of get like a pink box around it, right? It's kind of like that. Or like co-authoring, well, you know? Exactly. Type, yeah, yeah. Well, if you hover over it, right, what it will do is it will then pop up an information card about That's that so topic. Cool. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, you can actually go to that topic card right from there. What's cool about that is you can be sitting here sitting on a Web page or eventually sitting in an email or a Teams or a document, see one of these things and be able to get the full knowledge information about that particular topic contextually right where you're working. So yeah. we can build curated knowledge environments and we can build our own topics or let the system suggest it to us. We can link them together. We can add people and, and, and document links to it. And then we can see that showing up as we work, which makes it really powerful. Yeah. No, I, I remember whenever they came out with the whole concept of a profile card and all of that. And that yep. was my first thought. I mean, the very first thought was right now, this is just, you know, pulling in information about a certain person. Eventually I could see something like this used for other purposes. And it exactly. sounds like that's exactly what it's doing. That's, that's really cool stuff, man. Yeah, it, I mean, it really is. I'm, I'm really excited about the whole thing, right? Because and it's good for focus too. It's good for focus. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, because one of the things we want to do is we, we don't want you to have, we want you to be able to look at information contextually. Right. Yeah. Because when you can look at information inside of the work that you're already doing, 
that can make you more productive because sometimes all you need to be able to do is go, hey, what's this? What is MVT again? Oh, oh, that's Microsoft Field Topics. I know what I'm talking about now. I can go on. Right. And also I go, well, I'm not quite sure what I need. Let me, let me let me click on this person right here, David Broussard, and I can from right there send him a send him a Teams chat, right? Yeah. And say, Hey, can you can you I'm working on this document, I need some help. Right. And and then we can do that whole, you know, the whole concept of Microsoft collaboration, right? Is getting somebody else to do your work for you, right? I can say, Hey, I need this person to answer this question for me in this document. Well, now I know who to go ask, right? And so we're we're making that we're we're widening our um our inner loop to include yeah. people that that we didn't know existed so it's 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 like we're taking that 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 outer loop communication and we're making it more of an inner loop communication yeah it's yeah. really cool to see how microsoft's pulling it all together it's a uh... It's a, oh, it's, it's, an, it's, it's, it's going to be an amazing, cool stuff. It's an amazing topic. It really is. Amazing. I don't have costs. Microsoft hasn't published costs yet yeah. on on um, on connections and learning. Right. Um, I don't know if those are going to be free like insights is or if they're going to be uh, a, an additional charge like topics are or if they're going to be, you know, yes, I can get the base for free, but I can also get workplace yeah. analytics, which costs additional money. Right. But, you know, if you think about it, these are things that a lot of organizations spend a lot of time manually building. Right. Or sure. automating through 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 development or buying third party software and 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 Microsoft deciding that they're going to invest into this digital experience for employees to really Im drive employee engagement is, yeah. you know, the theory is by doing this, you know, Brian, we make it so that our employees are feel like they're more part of our organization and they're less likely to want to go someplace else. Right. Oh, wait, for sure. and, yeah. and, and, and that, 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 um, that cost of losing an employee and bringing a new one in is massive, right? Because it, it's not just the cost of the, the hiring the new employee and, and, and doing the basic onboarding. It's yeah. also the, it's that, it's that, it's the fact that they're not going to be up to full productivity for a period of time. And that can take a year sometimes for people to really get into the flow of things as they learn the culture. And yeah. so this is also, by the way, going to make that whole aspect of this um, a little bit faster as well. Well, and, you know, it's really interesting because you're starting to see these these concepts and everything where you're really engaging. You're you're making that user engage creatively in that culture. Right now they're engaging creatively in a culture. It's not oh, yeah. you creating a label and saying, Hey, I need you to label this document. This is a process that we follow, and you know this is just how we do things. Now they can be creative. Um, and we're in, using a lot of AI to, to do it. Yeah, right? it's really and that's really one of the stuff. big keys yeah. by by using letting the machines do a lot of this stuff for us. Right. Yep. Um, is 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 useful because it makes. It, it means that the things that we have to spend our cognitive abilities on are the things that are a lot more difficult um, that, that only a human can do. It, yep. It's interesting. It used to be this belief that, you know, one of these days, all of the, the low, the, the, you know, the, the, the manual tasks like janitors and farmers were all going to be replaced by robots. Right. And we would need humans to make the, the, mid, the middle management decisions. Right. The funny part is, is that what's actually become the reality is humans are going to be able to kind of do, I mean, are, are, are not going to be able to do that or not have to do that stuff so much. 
in reality, AI is actually able to go out and do a lot of these in these these middle management classification things. Look at a picture and 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 ascertain what's inside that picture, and then route it to somebody based on that. Look yeah. at a document and say, oh, this is an invoice, and it's from this company, and it's for this amount. I need to route it to this location, right? Yeah, you, that, you go that into your manager. Stuff, yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff that we used to have to have a person looking at to do. Yeah, we can automate, but we still need a person to actually come by and mop the floor. <laughs> oh yeah, imagine. Yeah, well, exactly. Imagine walking in, you know, you're having your your one-on-one with your manager like, "Hey, you know, it'd be really nice if we could do this." You know, if if we could yep. do this a certain way and, you know, the way that this is laid out, uh, it's actually doing that as you work. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, really a, a cool concept. I really like what Microsoft's doing here. Yeah. Very good stuff, man. Thank you for uh, for taking me through this. I mean, I, I and it's amazing I, when we do these podcasts and all that, and we, we talk about a topic that I, I, I really haven't had time to, to research and everything. I really always enjoy, uh, you know, listening to you and the way that you break it down and all that, because by the time that it's done, you know, I have some notes and everything that I've taken. And um, I guess we just need to do one of these once a week or whatever. And I could. Hey, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready, man. I'm ready to do these every <laughs> week if we need to. <laughs> Sounds great, man. Good stuff. Well, Thank you. Well, you know, Brian, I think we're coming to that time again. The, I, yes. I think it's time for that one last thing. The one last thing. The one last thing. And you know, it us living down here, both of us live near San Antonio. Um, and and so if you're listening to this podcast, you know that Texas was hit with the snowpocalypse back in February. And it was truly um uh, you know, look, if you live up north, you're going to sit here and laugh about this stuff. But, you know, one of the one of the great stats we had, there are two great stats about this from a weather standpoint that I like to bring up. The first one is Monday night of of when this thing hit, we dropped down to and this was uh, the 15th, Monday, the 15th of February. Right. We dropped down to nine degrees here in San Francisco. It was eight. Eight degrees. Oh, okay. It, I, I heard eight nine, degrees. but eight degrees. But either, either way, yeah. it was only the sixth time in recorded history that San yeah. Antonio had dropped down to single digits. So last time was 1885 that they had on record. Yeah. And then Crazy. the second, and then the second thing was, um, we then, when we dropped below freezing on Sunday, we stayed below freezing for a hundred and it was either 102 or 104 hours. Okay. I think it was nuts, 102, yeah. which, which by the way, the record for San Antonio was 106. And so, like I said, if you live in Minneapolis, right, if you live in North Dakota, if you live in Buffalo or any place up north like Ohio, right, you're looking at that and going, what are you talking yeah. about, right? What but, are these guys doing down there? <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, what that means is we're not used to this kind of weather. Yeah. Uh, we don't have snow plows. We don't salt the road. We don't have the infrastructure. Nobody the has infrastructure. nobody has snow tires. In fact, most of us don't even have all weather tires, right? Right. Um, so nobody and, and nobody has the experience about driving on this stuff. And no chemicals then, on the road either. No yeah, chemicals, no chemicals on, on the road. road. That's right. Um, but and so on the one hand, that means our cars don't rust out, which is a good thing, right? But right. <laughs> the the downside is is as this started to hit, we got in the situation where the whole infrastructure from a power standpoint wasn't quite ready for this. And there were a lot of reasons for it. Texas gets most of its electricity from natural gas plants. And when everybody started turning their heaters on, if they had natural gas heat, right, that was putting a bigger demand on the natural gas infrastructure. But the sure. other problem I heard about was, as all, there were two things that happened. One was 
a lot of these natural gas, they're designed to be, um, uh, what do they call it? Um, they're not, they're not baseline energy, they're surge capacity, right? So they, they go to turn them on only when they need them. Well, when it was so cold, they went to go turn them on and some of the materials had frozen, um, because they weren't winterized well enough because we don't get that cold. right? Right. And they had a hard time bringing these things online. And then the other problem that that led to was we had replaced a whole bunch of pumps on the pipeline infrastructure that used to be driven by gas, gasoline, right? And we replaced them to be more green with electric driven pumps. Well, when the grid started to fail and we couldn't generate enough electricity, those pumps didn't run, which meant less natural gas got to people's homes and got to yeah. the, the the power plants, which meant that the power plants then didn't have enough gas to actually run the turbines and couldn't produce electricity. And yep. thus we ended up with, you know, in our house, we had uh, we, we never lost power for a long period of time. It was always about 45 minutes. But uh, we lost power starting on Monday, and we didn't start. We didn't stop having the rolling blackouts until Thursday. And yeah. uh, you know, as an example, when we woke up Tuesday morning, inside the house it was about 50, 52 degrees. Oh man, yeah, I can yeah. just imagine <laughs> what, what people were going through. Well, and the biggest thing that you know came out of all of this for me is when I heard someone say we were forced to go down a path of unplanned rolling blackouts unplanned so there's there was no rhyme or reason to what um and and where they were going to the only thing that was planned was hey you know those folks that are you know the emergency facilities and the hospitals Mm -hmm. and the fire stations and all of that we need to keep those uh you know online and everything else so (laughs) if you were lucky enough to be you know probably you and you know our house we 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 hard we had power most of the time we were yeah, probably we're about, lucky enough to be on that grid, and in yeah, the we're, neighbor, we're about, your we're neighbor, about a mile, we're about a mile from a fire station. Right? Yeah, and we are too. And in the but the your neighbor next to you might yeah. not be on that same grid. That's true. So it's just it's it's so crazy. And ninety percent of Texas is actually completely isolated from um, the national power grid. Yeah, um, which El Paso which, which was be, online. Which could be a good thing. Well, which could be right. a good thing or a bad thing, depending, right? Because yeah. one of the things that happens if is when you're, well, <laughs> when you're connected to the grid, it uh, the national grid, it could mean that you know we're going to generate power. What happens is, and this this is one of the reasons why Texas is independent. Um, what we looked at was we looked at what happened in California, where California connected is connected to the national grid, and so they started building fewer power plants. In California, they, they thought it was environmentally better to not do that, and they would simply import the power, right? Well, what what Texas looked at is we don't really want to export our power to other places, and so it made sense. It makes sense to keep us independent, and I think it's probably it probably still makes a certain amount of sense. We just need to make sure. You know, we should have learned this back in 2011 when this happened the first time to to actually winterize these things, right? Yeah. To yeah, make sure yeah. it, you know, yes, yes, it costs more money. Right. Yep. Okay. It does. Um, and, and we learned a few lessons about maybe having, you know, backups for the pump, the natural gas pumps, right. To make sure that those keep flowing, um, and, and maybe not just have them be, you know, electric only, uh, but maybe have to make sure they have either battery backups or some other kind of backups. Right. Um, something, yeah, it's some redundancy there. the, the, The key here is, is that this happened in 2011, right. And now it's happened again. Um, you know, uh, 20 years, 10 years later, right. Um, You know, 
if if it happens again in 10 years, it means we didn't learn something, right? <laughs> you know, it's it's one thing to have a black swan event, but when when, when it's happening with some regularity, yeah. it means that we haven't learned. And some of this is also just about making certain decisions, right? It's it's kind of like with your yeah. personal insurance, right? For your for your for your car, right? You can choose to carry PIP and MedPays, right? Which is personal injury protection and medical payments, right? Um, those provide additional levels of coverage, just like you can call carry underinsured motorist and uninsured right. motorist, right? You're not required to. You're only required to carry liability and comprehensive if you don't own the if, if you're still paying the vehicle off. Otherwise, you, you know um, the other stuff costs you extra, and you probably will never use it. It's not very expensive, and you'll probably yeah. never use it. But it does it does protect you from getting sued by somebody if you cause a personal injury to somebody, or if you get hit by yeah. somebody who doesn't have insurance, right? And it would normally yeah. be their fault, and they don't have any liability insurance. You're underinsured or uninsured motorist, and like, I, I, and, and by the way, you know, the in Texas, in most places, the the base liability is like thirty five k, right, per per vehicle. Well, gosh, you know, my my flex is was like when I first bought it was worth like fifty thousand. Well, if I yeah. got hit by somebody and it got totaled, right, um, then and they and they had liability only and only the minimums, I would be short fifteen thousand dollars. They'd pay yeah. me thirty five, and that's all I'd get. And so that's what underinsured motorist is is designed to protect. But it costs a little extra money, right? And yeah. so it's all it's all that it's all that cost benefit trade off that you got to think about, right? Yeah, and you know it's 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 something that they really need to look at this time around. I think. I think there's probably going to be some some heads rolling <laughs> after this one. Well, um, yeah. you know, we had some yeah. <laughs> we had some we had some deaths and we had some other things. I mean, I we actually had a family come over um, that, that we know very well, some friends of ours um, mm -hmm. who haven't they hadn't had power and I mean I, they hadn't I don't think they had power hardly at all. I mean, every like five minutes the power would come it would come on for like five minutes every hour. Yep. Um, so they eventually came over here and they were, you know, far, far enough out to where they had a well and the, the well froze up and everything yeah. else. So, you know, they oh, just yeah, came lost, over here to take, lost, take a shower on Monday. We lost water yeah. for a whole day on Monday, not because any pipes froze up. Well, not in our house, which is thank goodness. Yeah. But but yeah, our, our municipal um, special utility yeah. district. They actually had their pipes freeze up. I had to shut down the whole city. And I woke up Monday morning and went to go get some water. And I'm like, uh oh, our pipes yeah. froze. I must not have. I forgot to drip the faucets well enough, right? And and then I went for a walk later on. And I'm walking down the street and I, I meet a neighbor and he's like, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? And he goes, hey, do you have any water? And I'm like, no. And he goes, oh, I don't either. Nobody on the block does. And I'm and we're, yep. we're both we're same like, thing happened here. Yay! Yep. We don't have to pay a plumber thousands of dollars. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> they don't have to break up the, the foundation or whatever else. And there's nothing like flushing a toilet with a bucket of water from your bathtub, right? I mean, oh, I, you know, I, my, 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 you boss, haven't lived until you did that. Well, my, my, my boss, um, they were getting water out of their neighbor's pool, right? To, to flush <laughs> nice. the toilets. And yeah. he said, he said their toilets never looked so clean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what That's a great just, idea. We should do that all the time. <laughs> It's just disturbing, it is, it is. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's yeah. practical. It works. But you know, the, yeah, the, know. the fun thing is, is it's over now, right? The next week we were in the seventies, right? Um, and then yeah. the problem is, is it, is that we've had yo-yo weather down here where then the week after that it was cold and now it's hot again. And yeah. I'm just like, could you just make up your mind and just yeah. be, be consistent for a little while? I don't care if it's warm or cold, just be consistent, you know? So 
yeah, uh, fun, fun stuff. Fun stuff, man. Fun yeah. stuff. Well, Brian, it looks like we've come to the end of yet another episode here. And yeah, uh, no, it's, it's, you know, it's been a while since we've, I think it's probably been, been, a, been about a month or whatever. And we, uh, yeah, we had, we had some scheduling problems and, and a few things yeah. popped up and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and the snowpocalypse hit us. I mean, we, I think we were supposed to record during the snowpocalypse actually. Yeah, we were. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, uh, that's not going to work very well because we don't have power. We <laughs> wireless issues and all kinds of stuff that day. So, well, yeah. And, and that's the problem is, is that the power would go out and, I, I, my, you know, my laptop would be fine. Right. But I'd lose my router yeah. and I don't, it's the first time I've actually, actually said, I really wish I had an APS that I would put in there just to keep the router up. Right. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got one, but it only lasts like an hour or something like that. You know, well, that so. would have, well, I would have probably needed, I probably would have needed about two hours uh, to yeah. make it work. But then again, I have, I have a whole bunch of, um, I have a whole bunch of switches all over the house. Right. Um, to deliver. Uh, it. But yeah. we, we would at least have wireless, which would give you something. So, but uh, but anyway, yeah. So it's so uh, it, it's good to have us. I, I hope you guys have, have stayed through this entire episode. You know, please follow us on uh, on on Twitter at uh, at Cloud Whispers, on Facebook uh, at Cloud Whisper, you know, uh, slash Cloud FB me slash Cloud Whisperers. Uh, you can email us Cloud Whisperers at Outlook dot com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys and get some feedback. Yep. Um, look, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play, and of course, our homepage on uh, SoundCloud, where you can get all of our stuff that's out there. Uh, please, uh, you know, subscribe, leave us a review, let us know what you want. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're going to have some more guests here in the near future and uh, talk about some really new, really cool new topics. And uh, with all the stuff that happened at Ignite this week, I mean, Brian, we're going to have to have like a couple of episodes of just talking about the cool things that happened. Going through the, yeah, review. Yeah. Because lots of neat things happened. Yeah, so, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to go watch uh, some uh, of the review videos and all that. Some yep. some of these guys do that stuff where they review the videos, you know, the, yep. the sessions and talk about their favorite sessions. Well, you know, when, we, we'll talk stuff. about this in our next episode, but you really got to watch the keynote uh, I actually attended the keynote on my Oculus Quest 2 in virtual okay. reality, and oh, it nice. was it was awesome because nice. it was it wasn't just them showing a picture on the wall when they actually got into the Hololens 2 Hollow Presence, uh, where we're interacting with people. We're you're actually able to attend, and you'll be able to have meetings with people. Some people can do an alt space VR avatar. Some people can do Hollow Presence using Hololens, or you can attend from a PC or a mobile device. It's really pretty amazing how you can do all of that stuff. So, yeah. um, uh, there's cool. some really cool things coming down in that pipe. But really, yep. until next time, Brian. Take care. You know, let's yes. hopefully we won't have another snowpocalypse between now and then. We are currently in false spring, and we're about to have second winter down here in South Texas because there's <laughs> always there's always second winter over spring break, which is next week. So we I don't know what that, season we're in. <laughs> we you never know. There's like twelve seasons. There was an old adage in, in in San Antonio. There's four seasons: hot, hotter, hottest, and Christmas. Right. Um, but I saw somebody else that talks about there's 12 seasons and like there's there's first winter and then there's fall spring and then there's second winter and then there's second spring. And then you have the, you know, the the heat death. Right. <laughs> Which just you know, starts in April um, and, and just and lasts until October where you're just blazingly hot. So, yep, yep. All right. Well, everybody. Very good stuff as always, man. Thank you, David. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye.